Bing bong and ahoy there, podcast land. It is I, Future Leon, with a quick introductory apology. Don't press stop, and don't worry, this is another fabulous episode, just you wait. Just to give your earballs a heads up, though, those dastardly internet gnomes were added again. I suspect because we've since cancelled our online recording platform subscriptions, blah blah blah, and we were running on a sneaky pre-trial for this one, so you'll notice there are some wobbles, particularly at the start. About half an hour in, those with keen ears can even hear where, for no apparent reason, mid-sentence the audio quality changes all of a sudden, I think for the better. I've regrettably had to trim some sections here and there that just didn't make it through, sorry to my co-host and sorry to my past self, but um, you know what, Podcast Land, you can't miss what you don't know about, and what we have here is still a fabulous soiree spent in the company of a mega-charismatic and utterly legendary Hoovian. I have no doubt you'll enjoy the show. I will just add, this is part two of our Who Back When retrospective, so if you haven't heard part one yet, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I'll stop stalling now, let's get to it. Ciao ciao and bing bong. Who Back When? What ho, podcast land, and welcome to yet another final episode of Who Back When? <laughs> a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doctor Right, you are. Ooh. Mystery voice from beyond the screen. From beyond the south. (laughs) Podcast land, this is part two of the Who Back When retrospective in which we will regale you with various anecdotes of our 10-year history. But who are we? Well, I am Leon. Next to me is someone you may also recognize from last week. Uh, From last week's first final episode, it's me, Drew Back When. That's right. But Podcast Land, we are in the presence of a living legend. I am talking, of course, of the inimitable, the one, the only, the utterly legendary, currently blushing, JT. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yes, I'm here to wish, to wish you goodbye for the second time. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Right, to to catch anyone up in podcast land who has just stumbled upon this episode, certainly anyone who is hearing us for the first time, what are you doing? Go and seek out any other episode. This is entirely the wrong end of the podcast. Exactly. Bad idea, Jeans. What has happened is we have spent just over a decade catching up with all of television Doctor Who. We have now reviewed every ounce of Who on the small screen and on the little big screen. And as such, we're not quite calling it quits, but we are sort of calling it quits in that the podcast will henceforth cease to be a weekly show. Yes, we will be increasingly irregular as we have tried to be from the beginning. And we are here this evening to discuss some of the highlights, some of the low points. And if you haven't already, do listen to part one of this retrospective, which may make this episode make a little bit more sense. JD, you were not on part one. I was not. I have not even listened to part one. Shame on it. It is silent to me. (laughs) No shame. He's not taking on the role of the doctor or anything like that. Not referencing his predecessors. What's what's the air like uh, up there on your high horse, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> because we learned that very recently about Jodie and indeed Sasha Dewan as the master and how they didn't watch the previous incarnations of their characters so they could give it a clean slate and a fresh start. And yeah, great idea. And our minds boggled and our eyes widened. Yes, yeah, so a really good move, both of them. Yeah, especially since Sasha did a really good job of channeling someone completely crazy and Jodie did a really good job of channeling someone really crazy in two completely different ways. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Do you think, oh, maybe this is a good place to start, actually. Where, where, where Do you think that they channeled anywhere near the right kind of crazy? It's an interesting question because if you go outside of 
your own personal experience and dare to venture onto Doctor Who Twitter, you may be completely shocked by the polarization that both of the two have. Oh, yeah. The levels of polarization. Jodie Whittaker had, of course, the Not My Doctor hashtag on Twitter where certain misogynistic certainly yeah. males were not very happy that uh, she existed. I think Jodie Whittaker was a really good doctor. I think that the writing did not support the level of actress that she is. Sure. I think yes. some of some of the writing was incredibly poor. Some of the writing was really good. Power of the Doctor is a really good episode, which follows from possibly one of the worst episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who ever oh, agreed. Jodie, great, great actress, Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, towards and... the end of the run, we increasingly identified little glimpses of like, look, there's a brilliant actress underneath. Just, yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness, she to burst out. She knows how to do this. Give her a chance. I was really looking forward to Jodie coming along because I'd watched Broadchurch mm. and she was an amazing actress there as, as Beth. And she's very good in time now, which is currently on the BBC. It does really highlight the fact that it was the writing and in certain circumstances, the speed that the scripts were going in the Chibnall area. And I'm not a Chibnall hater. Right? I'm not. There were some good episodes there. I love Power of the Doctor. But was that she was done a disservice by the fact that Orphan 55 and Legends <laughs> yep. of the Sea Devils exist. I believe it's actually a leg end of the Sea Devils because we'd kicked it to the curve at that point. Oh, exactly. and, yeah, yeah. And awful 50 that's, that's exactly yeah. right. I, I read somewhere that that is exactly how you pronounce it. The other half of the question, which is yeah. Asher Duan. And I do like him. He is a very nice guy. He is amazing at playing bad guys. There was a drama on, I can't remember what channel it was on, called Wolf. I don't want to give spoilers, but let's call him a villain in it. There's nuances. He was the least likable of all the gladiators. He would turn to the screen and go, Arr. or not. But anyway, <laughs> not that one. He was in was very good. I think <laughs> Sasha Darwin was about two, two when the original gladiators were on. <laughs> and again, you've got someone who's an amazing actor. You have someone that played O very well. Mm. Spyfall, when he goes from O to the Spymaster, brilliant. Actually, very brilliant scene because it completely changes during the course of that scene. And then he is given moustache-twirling <laughs> villains to play during the entire time. And then he gets to do Power of the Doctor, where when you read the interviews and the stage direction for Rasputin certainly was not do that dance for five minutes. It was the master dancers a little bit. Oh. And he did it, memorized the dance, did it all himself. The reaction of the Dalek and the Cyberman they put in afterwards, because genuinely the entire production crew were surprised by this entire scene because they weren't expecting it. And they filmed That's it. pretty good it trivia, crazy. actually. I didn't know that. Master, probably more similar towards the end of Anthony Ainley's stint of the master i think you're being generous there i'm so sorry my goodness but again a disservice being done by the writing especially when you have such a nuanced villain as missy yeah well missy was very well written i think missy was also better acted i think missy is just a much more interesting character than the duan master 
personally, sorry, I don't want to be the bad guy in the room, but I, I'm not a fan of the Spy Master or the Dewan Master in general. Well, I also wanted to hear, JD, why you liked Power of the Doctor so much. It is in... Okay, it, it's a fair question. Because you have to put it in context of you'd just fallen down the cliff. You had your rope, which was dangled to the top of the cliff, had come abreast as you fell into the water of Legend of the Sea Devils. You're <laughs> falling backwards off the cliff. Absolutely nothing can can kill you, it can stop you from dying. And then a very, very small mat is put out. So your pain is slightly dulled by power of the Doctor. Right, so it's an it, analgesic effect. Of, of Legend of the Sea Devils, absolutely. And also it has Janet Fielding as, as Tegan Javanka, mm-hmm. as my favourite companion. Sure, and Jay- Peter Davison. <laughs> and Peter Davison. Uh, it has an almost great scene with Ace and the Seventh Doctor. Almost great, because Ace is apologising for being abused again, which is fixed, thank God by Tales of the TARDIS, which is something I'll come on to. But Power of the Doctor in any other era would be a slightly above average episode. I think that's where we landed on it. Yeah. In I, any think other... we, I think we risk turning this into either the Power of the Doctor re-re-review or the 13th Doctor retrospective <laughs> part de. We're um, still broadly in that space. Tenant hasn't quite arrived yet, but I see what you mean. Jenny, to me, you are possibly the foremost expert I know when it comes to classic Who. We've now reviewed all of Doctor Who. You've now discussed kind of the end of what currently exists of Doctor Who. What were the high points? What were the low points? Classic and new combined. Of, of the entirety of Who? Yeah. What yeah. is it that stands out as like, what is the quality of the Doctor, for example? Which Doctor, you've already said it's Davison, but that might be Nostalgia. Which master, which everything, oh, just like blitz oh, through this. Because Leon can now go toe-to-toe. So I'll view best and worst, mm-hmm. right? I think it's only fair. Here we go, yes. Best doctor, because I answered what my, my doctor was. Exactly. Was Davison. That exactly. doesn't necessarily mean he was the absolute best doctor, because he wasn't. I have to say it's Tennant. Very surprising. Well, so Tennant? David Tennant is the only person ever to play three versions of the Doctor. (laughs) So I I didn't even say Tenth Doctor, I just said Tenant, right? To be fair, Tenant is is casting a shotgun net out there. He's genuinely the program's biggest ambassador now, Mm. in a way that Tom, who is generally considered the best Doctor, Tom never was. Tom was never an ambassador for it. He was kind of himself. He 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 did it for the money. David Tennant walked on set as a huge fan of Doctor Who, and he became an ambassador for the show. He then left the show, and unlike many Doctors who have left the show, remained an ambassador for the show. He came back straight into audience. Does that mean that you're he went straight of... into audience? He came back during the, the lockdown tweet alongs. But does Jedi, does that mean that you are rating him as the best doctor for what he's done off screen? I'm rating him for the best doctor for what he's done on and off screen. Oh okay. <laughs> My favourite episode of Doctor Who contains about five minutes of David Tennant, but it is a David Tennant episode and it's turn left. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he is a great doctor because of the stuff he does on screen and off screen. You you had the Doctor Who magazine came out yesterday with the winner of the best episode. It wasn't the David Tennant, it was a Peter Capaldi. It was Heaven Sent. 
and well, solid. It's pretty solid, but I feel like that's a really easy fan choice. In the top ten, you've obviously got Blink. Sure. You have Silence in the Library, which is yeah. an amazing episode. It has a great teaser by us. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked the question of who is my favourite Doctor, who is my yeah. least favourite Doctor. My least favourite episodes are also Tenant episodes. Evolution is, of the Daleks? No. No? What, with the pig slaves? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> it, it, it's average. Oh, no, I know what it is. Wait, do you know? I know exactly what it is. Oh, what is it? Go on, Drew, what is it? It's Love and Monsters. It's Love and Monsters. Well, of course it's Love and Monsters. <laughs> of course. My goodness. I is an absolute pile of shit. Love and Monsters is awful. But that doesn't make Tenet my least favourite Doctor. No, no. Interestingly, my least favourite Doctor has evolved throughout the years. If Big Finish did not exist, it would be Colin Baker. But Colin Baker is the second best Doctor in audio. Right. After McGann. He's redeemed himself by the fact that his stories were badly written. It's the same thing as Jodie. But it was terrible stories and he was given absolute cat characterization. Please strangle your companion for four episodes in your first story. Wow. <laughs> so, it made for a very memorable start. Uh, yeah. So I'm not going to pick my least favourite Doctor. And I'll, I am genuinely going to say that it changes depending on my mood. But you've got to remember that as they do more stuff in other media, as they do other things, such as Tales of the TARDIS, which I don't know if either of you have seen, we established last week that we've seen fragments of them. Well, I've certainly only seen fragments of them. I've seen the 10 minutes that Sly McCoy recorded with Ace. There were six of them, right? You have the first one, which was written by Russell T. Davis. Who was in it, sorry? Peter Davison and Tegan Jabanka. I've not seen that. Oh, that probably is worth Dis- watching then. Discussing Adric's death in a shock. Okay. It is yeah. a lovely moment between two great friends that because peter davison and Jana fielding are great friends hmm. in character and a bit cathartic and they wipe away something that chibnall did in power of the doctor obviously it is in yes because in the death of sarah jane so jane's funeral which they did during lockdown they wrote a scene and they filmed it with the remaining actors in lockdown which was sarah jane smith's funeral to after the passing of Liz Slayton. And they established in there that Nissa and Tegan were a couple. Oh, right. Okay. And it was undone in Power of the Doctor. And Tegan was just, oh. I, th- I think, had an ex-husband or something and didn't mention Nissa at all, or etc. And in the Tales of the TARDIS for Earth Shock, when she arrives in the memory TARDIS, she turns around and goes, I just said goodnight to Nissa. And it, it's clear that they are to be a couple as they were in the Sarah Jane lockdown episode. Okay. So I love Tales of the TARDIS. It's fine. It's great. It, I haven't, I must admit, there's one I haven't seen, which is the one with Jamie and Zoe. What little I've seen of it, I felt was a little too schmaltzy for my liking. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to appear with something fabulous and, and lovely. It just, it was not for me. It's nice. You don't have to like them if you don't want it. But I'll probably watch them anyway. Oh, yes. Very seriously considering going to the next quiz of Rassilon for the Doctor Who birthday. And they, right. they said that they're... Are you going to that? No, I'm not. Oh, you should. Are you going to that? I don't know what you're talking about. Come to it. <laughs> uh, it's a Doctor Who quiz. Pub quiz kind of thing. Wow. I've only been to it once. I went to the Galaxy 4 one. It was good fun. It was incredibly advanced. So advanced that I could barely answer a single question. 
But they're doing one for the anniversary, and they've already said there's going to be one round about Tales, Tales of the TARDIS, or from the TARDIS. Right, yeah. So one way or another, I'm going to be forced to watch this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really enjoy the, the Tales of the TARDIS 10 minutes that I watched, because it is mostly just to introduce people to the classic shows, which is a laudable intent and good on RTD. He's going full throttle at this. He is... He's trying to build up a momentum that Doctor Who hasn't had for many years. Is that the way to introduce someone new to Classic Who, though? Or is that really just fan service, Classic Who fan service? It will introduce some people to Classic Who, which is fine. I was coming at it more from a fan service angle, where they sort of touch upon, oh, look, here's a complexity that people have been talking about for decades, and they sort of fondly remember it, and they sort of chew it over, Mm. and we're going to just mention it and maybe devote two lines of dialogue to it and that's just not enough for me i want to i want an extra full adventure on that absolutely and the interesting thing is what does it lead to because it might you have during the vengeance on varus one you have perry wanting to go off to new travels with with colin baker doctor number six you have tegan who in the collection season 20 short the trailer she wants to go off with the Doctor again. You have Ace and the Doctor who seem to finally have worked out all of their problems. A nice 10 minutes. Would I want a full episode of that? Absolutely, I want one more, right? You're right. It is an amuse-bouche <laughs> for something which should be significantly longer. And no, they won't make my my top three Doctor Who episodes of all time. Have they done one with Moose Melanie Bush? No, but, <laughs> no. but, but there will be spoil but but spoilers. Because I'm trying not to give you any spoilers, aren't we? So yeah, yeah. Well, spoilers. Th- there was one spoiler I wanted to bring up, or it's more of a rumor, or it's just a headline. It might just be clickbait. I don't know. But are they going to go ahead? From because you've got your ear pretty close to the Doctor Who ground, JD. Are they going to go ahead and do a parallel McGann spin-off series? Is it <laughs> uh, what? So okay, in the mirror today there was an announcement that McGann spin-off is coming out. Now I told you he'd know. Two things. First I of all, it is not the usual mirror reporter, the one that is actually reliable. Oh, <laughs> even knows which mirror reporter to trust. And B, it is possible. So you've got six or one half a dozen the other. Now, Russell T. Davis has stated on numerous occasions, even years ago before he took the reins back again, he said that it is the right time now to have more spin-offs, just as he did the first time. Because the first time around, he did Torchwood, Sarah Jane, Class. When he says now's the right time, is that actually just a way of saying this is Disney and the Marvel Universe's moment? Okay, so A, Russell T. Davis took Doctor Who, added a load of spin-offs way before the Marvel Universe. Yeah, and that didn't work. And now Disney's purchased a chunk of it. And now it it worked for as long as he was in charge. Well, uh, well, there's two things. Sarah Jane, the Sarah Jane Adventures worked for as long as Sir uh, Elizabeth Sladen was alive. That only finished because, well, she died. And that's literally in the middle of a season she passed away. And that would have gone on for a while because it was an incredibly highly rated show. The BBC loved it. Children loved it. Torchwood died a death for a couple of reasons. The first one is that Miracle Day, which was the last season, season four, was a co-production with America and took away from everything that had been done beforehand. Children of Earth, which is season three of it, worked incredibly well. So really, they went for a co-production with America after the Eighth Doctor movie, even though we both loved that, by the way. Well, the Eighth Doctor movie worked very well. It's just no one watched it. Mm -hmm. It, I loved it, right? 
it was interesting. I think I can't remember whether it was in this month's DWM or Russell T. Davis on, on Instagram, but he turned around and said that Doctor Who fans argue about what is canon. And in, I don't think this is going, this would count as a spoiler, but mm. in one of the three episodes that's coming up for the 60th, he mentions Flux and the Timeless Child. So he's not getting rid of it. He's not going to wash it away. Yeah, because people have asked him specifically, RTD, now's your time to. Now's your chance to undo all of Chibber's mistakes, will you please? And he's like, no, he's my good friend. He turned around and said, Doctor Who fans argue for so long about what is canon and what isn't. There is only one single thing in Doctor Who universe that has been deliberately and eternally removed from canon. One single thing ever. Yeah. Would you like to guess what it is? You're the one who's seen uh, I have. I have absolutely no idea. What is it? He is half human on his mother's side. Of course. From the Doctor Who movie. It's the only thing that's ever been truly ever removed from canon. So to come back to the McGann question, the 50-50 chance of it happening, six of one, half a dozen of the other, means that your semi is entirely justified. It would be amazing. Uh, you know, bring Charlie, bring Benice, bring... Dear God, resurrect the ghost of Sheridan Smith and bring yes, us loose. Please. I think that's a lovely segue to much of your history on who back when, JD. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of bring this back to a who back when retrospective. For, for half an hour there, we were the Doctor Who podcast people have been expecting us to be. Like, oh, I'm actually learning stuff about Doctor Who. So it's very much thanks to you, JD, that mentioned this in last week's episode, actually. It's very much thanks to you that audiobooks became part of the who back when consciousness, certainly part of my consciousness. I had no idea that it was even a thing until you kindly regaled me with its storied history in the queue. Do you remember this? We were standing in line. Yes. Tom Baker, I want to say Colin Baker and Moff. Maybe Gatiss, and I want to say some dude who handled the stunts or special effects of New Who. How many audiobooks did we do? And are there any particular... I'm not thinking necessarily of the the actual stories, but are there any moments of reviewing them or of introducing them to Podcast Land? And I would count myself as a member of Podcast Land in this context. I kind of stand out to you. One thing stands um, out to me, namely... I'm trying to remember where we got up to before I, I end up leaving, but I remember... I think we got up to Hot, Hot House or We're in Dawn. We're in Dawn, that was it. I believe it may have been We're in Dawn. I think I think it was We're in Dawn. It was a nice one that we it, kept postponing. It's We're in Dawn. Yeah, we kept postponing it because I didn't want to listen to it. Bring up one of my highlights then, and that is... We're in Dawn. Our absolute nope. obsession, certainly your obsession, with the bondage closets. Do you remember that, JD? Please, can you explain what the bondage closet was? Because I only remember this being a thing, but I don't fully recall what it was. Never heard of the bondage closet. The bondage closet, man. I've been on half the episodes. I've never heard of this. I think it might have been Headhunter, so which would have been Human Resources, I think. Yeah. And it well, I can't remember how it began. As I recall, someone got locked in a closet in one episode, in one audiobook. This then, for whatever reason, because the Headhunter fantastic villain by the I've been I mean, the headhunter such yes you have such a good villain yes you could imagine that she might have a bondage closet who's that kind of villain and every single time any character ever disappeared off screen or off mic for even five minutes or a scene the the automatic assumption was that the headhunter had locked them in the bondage closet i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel like this is something that you said you essentially whispered into a microphone jd <laughs> minimum once a fortnight for aeons. Bondage closet. 
Great, now I have to put an explicit tag on this episode. <laughs> Actually, you also but, uh, to get we mentioned human resources, which is clearly one of the episodes we both loved. But now, here at the end of all things, I have to bring up the two of your commentary on some of the the bits after I'd left Who Back right. When. This is going to be one of my questions. Like, do you listen to the podcast? How difficult is it to listen to people 1,000 times less knowledgeable and more ignorant than you just spouting their non-truths and half-heard bollocks when you um, right? Okay, so I'll answer that question first, right? Okay. Because it, it's true. <laughs> yeah, thanks for pulling your punches there. He's not wrong. Really appreciate and it. To quote Mr. Ian, Ian Chesterton and, and William Hartnell, Chesterton. what all started as a mild curiosity in the junkyard turned to be a great spirit of adventure, which is basically who mm. that went, right? Well, that's, no, I, that's nice. Sweet. I feel like a shit sandwich is coming, but that's a nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice loaf to start with. Oh Whatever comes next will be succeeded by mm, nice sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I started off as a listener of Who Back When. Yes, I was an absolute fan of Who Back When. Past tense. Before I came on board. Yeah. And I remember vividly listening and then doing my 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 recording of my mini review of Web Planet for you. Yes, that's and right. Uh, to be fair. I wanted you to get up to Web Planet. I wanted you to watch Web Planet. I wanted you to completely walk all over it and destroy it. We did. We did. <laughs> yes, we did. Which was amazing. And I think um, was the uncalled for. Now, in retrospect, do you not think that maybe it was <laughs> it wasn't quite as nuanced a, a review as it ought to have been? Oh, it was. It was horrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible episode. You've absolved of your guilt. That's nice. Okay, you're good. Um, bear in mind that they got someone in to do insect movement by Rosalind de Winter. She's the best thing in it, but it's horrible. Anyway, to answer your question, Drew, yeah, no, because I loved it from when there was a group of people who weren't knowledgeable prattling on about Doctor Who. I loved it from that moment. So. It, after I finished and I didn't listen to all of them, I listened to most of them. And did it change anything? No. No, not really. Because you did, you both did Lucy Miller until the death and, and you scored them incredibly highly, which is brilliant. You know, you did, unfortunately, you didn't rate Death in Blackpool anywhere near the right level. Um, 3.0. Well, I, I did a 4.8 and you did a 3.9. Leon did a 3.1. So... He he earned most of my ire for that. I is a uh, apologize, JD. <laughs> but you gave an earthly child three point one, and Drew gave it two point four. So never mind, you know, nobody's perfect. No, you're just wrong. But <laughs> the audiobooks, I was made to not made. I desired to listen to the audiobooks by Joe Ford, who goes by Doc Oho, who I know also listened to Who Back When, and it was an odd sort of bizarre circle when I discovered that he'd listened to Who Back When. And he was the person who'd done a lot of Big Finish written reviews that made me, I always used to check them out before I bought them to see which ones I was going to enjoy, which ones I needed Valium for. So Joe Ford <laughs> got me into listening to Big Finish. And honestly, Big Finish is a double-edged sword. I would dearly love 
to do voice acting for Big Finish. I would love. Oh, wouldn't we? Absolutely oh. love it. But in case anyone from uh, Big Finish is listening, I do a really wicked Australian accent. You may want to <laughs> check out my portfolio. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I can do a decent Mighty Titus. The only problem I have with Big Finish is the Marvel problem, where in order to listen to some of the episodes, you need to have listened to 4,327 mm-hmm. other episodes, which is why I love the McGann ones, because you started at Blood of the Daleks, you finished in Lucy Miller and To the Death, then Sheridan Smith came back about 10 years later and, and did another box set with um, with McGann, McGann. Which, which slotted in the middle. But you didn't need to listen to anything else other than those. So they will always remain my favourite things. And they will always remain one of the favourite things I've reviewed with you. Hmm. Because we tended to, in general, like the same type of audiobooks. We tended to score them fairly similarly. Because I remember we listened to Blood of the Daleks and really liked it. Then we listened to Horror of Glam Rock and we really didn't like it. Also potentially too harshly reviewed... Cribbins isn't that one. Oh, um, yeah. In general, it was great fun. I think my favourite one that we did was Grand Theft Cosmos. I didn't like it as much as you did. You loved it. it you it's set in one. Stockholm. Something about like a... Is it a robot in Stockholm trying to hijack some kind of temporal train or something that's, that's crashing? You I was like, them. there's nothing about that serial that is not instantly loved just the premise it's such a it's such an ingenious conflagration of bonerific attributes do you remember when we did new reviews i do do you remember the setting in which we did those new who reviews i'm not sure podcast land is aware of this i'm not sure you're aware of this i don't know what you're talking about i lived in london at the time and jd worked them in in london London nowadays yeah we did them in the hotel room in london exactly and so i would finish work have hacked my gigantic yeti microphone into my backpack trekked from work which was in hammersmith i think to, I can't remember where your hotel was. It was always this South Kensington. So yes. it was, it was South Kensington. The, ho- the the Holiday Inn in South Kensington. Kensington yes. Hansi <laughs> Plug. <laughs> They've been waiting for that plug for ages. And show up, person at the reception probably thought, oh, here's, here's that chap who shows up, goes to some room and then only stays for an hour and then leaves. Always has a backpack. <laughs> we don't know what's in it. And then... <laughs> We would just set up and review an episode in your room talking at the Yeti. Did we ever review? Did we ever record anything with the Yeti? The Yeti is the one that looks kind of like a modern take on a classic radio microphone. Like it's an enormous thing. It's a gigantic grey phallic object. I've never seen any enormous phallic objects. It was it, it, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I loved it. It was like being in the 1940s, right? And recording yes. in a 1940s studio. I... <laughs> So it was a blue Yeti. The company was blue. That's right. You are the blue. So my, so my microphone that I still use now because it is the best microphone I have ever had is a blue Snowball, which is a circular version. But do hey, you remember I, yeah. the one thing that we completely failed at? Yes. When I was going to get at this as well. I think we're thinking of the same thing. Was it our commentary track of Rose? So I'm going to I'm going to bring... No, it was not commentary track. Was it not Rose? No. So I'm going to bring up Joe Ford again. Okay. Doctor hey, who who has a hi Joe. Who has a, a podcast called Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife. Mm. Where they basically do what we tried to do and they actually succeeded. And it, it's a great commentary podcast. I've been on it. Um, have you? Yeah. I did I did your favorite serial. 
Seeds of Doom. That's probably why I've not listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do Seeds of Doom. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ford, thank you for listening to Who Back When. It's nice of you to have had Pumpkin on. I've noticed I've not been on your, your podcast either. So yeah, I'm still waiting. Just, just thought I'd mention it. I was about to be nice about you and your podcast. But no, he's got he's got hamster with a blunt pen knife, and he's an incredible podcaster, by the way. It's absolutely he is. And so we try podcast about seventeen times a day on fifty eleven subjects, and somehow manages to keep all these shows afloat. He's like built single handedly built a podcast empire. Yeah, and he's funny, right? He's yeah. funny, quirky. He is absolutely lewd as fuck on some things. The charming, charismatic. I'm just going to assume that he can dance. So we're, we're already at like triple threat level. I know. So I need him not to be able to sing uh, <laughs> because I can. So I can sing. And if he can't, it means I've still got one up on him. Um, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Who could forget Gallifrey where it all began? <laughs> um, I've done Queen. We tried to do a commentary track for Edge of Destruction. That's what it was. Yes, you're right. It wasn't Rose. Edge of Destruction. And we, we we spent the entire evening trying to do it and failing miserably. Yeah, we, like we were trying to do a sort of a riff tracks thing, but without having prepped or scripted anything. Like, <laughs> it was essentially just a, a sit down. We don't know what we're reviewing this week. Shall we try one of those? Yeah, let's try one of those. Oh, the arrogance of you. If, if yeah, failed. very glad that we did it, though. We Certainly. got to sit down and watch a serial together. <laughs> I, and it is one of my favourites. I love Edge of Destruction, as everyone knows, even though other people don't, Leon. Yeah, I need to rewatch that, actually. Yeah. Thing is, I with, bet... With, with the view of it being actually good, yes, you do. Yeah. Thing is, I bet that you could do a riff tracks thing with absolutely zero preparation on stuff from the Jodie era, where something is constantly happening. I bet in that... Yeah! Era, I mean, they'd go two or three minutes without a single noteworthy event. I, yeah, there were just right. long silence, yeah. I think I think that's actually what it was. I think that you could easily do a riff tracks on Legend of the Sea Devils, for example, because not only is there something happening every second, there's something terrible happening. <laughs> <this second. laughs> yeah. But in addition, I think another mistake that we made was we singularly chose to comment on things that we found noteworthy on screen. There was no other conversation going on during the entire episode. All right. It was like, it, it wasn't, it's not a banter episode. Like if anyone hasn't listened to it, just keep not listening to it. No banter in it whatsoever. We were just desperately having not done our homework. Well, I certainly hadn't done my homework. Desperately waiting for something to appear on screen that we could riff on and just yeah it does not work but we did choose edge of destruction for a good reason mm -hmm. we chose it because leon's opinion of it and mine are so polarizing it i oh. view it as a 4.5 to 5 level episode leon views it as somewhere in the single points digit. i gave it 0.3 i believe at the time <laughs> i don't think that it deserves that it's probably more middling it has uh, high ambitions, and I'm not sure it ever quite reaches those heights. But or those heights, but yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think it was one of the first episodes of Who Back when I listened to when I agreed more with Flapjack than I did with you, which was quite rare in the, in those days. Uh, let Let's raise a glass to his his memory. Oh yeah, Flaps was very nearly here this evening. Yeah, he was invited. Yeah, for. Uh, Scheduling reasons, <laughs> yeah. he was unable to make it. I was fortunately. I was desperate to set up the symmetry of 
having Flaps and Leon both on the first episode and both on the final episode. But instead, we've got to make do with the symmetry of him flaking back then and him flaking again there. <laughs> I ended up doing a couple of classic Who reviews because Leon didn't have a spare co-host at the time. So <laughs> whenever, whenever Rory or Flapjack didn't make it, I ended up being there. Um, sure. You were on a few episodes, like where we did uh, a triple worst team. New Who's as well. I, I think I did with Rory. Uh, no, I did with Rory, and I did with Nick. Did the War Machine um, with Nick, certainly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I did the War. I love the War Machine, so I thought oh, that was a great one to do. But I never, I never did any with any with Slapjack. Did we record yeah. Girl in the Fireplace, and then was that possibly a lost episode of some sort? Because I have a weird recollection of having reviewed that twice. As I did in... not. I didn't review Girl in the Fireplace with you. You did it with Nick. I did it with Nick. Yeah, and I think possibly others as well. But did we try to do a first take of it or something? No. I was going to say I thought maybe that was the one lost episode, the lost recording. But yeah, no, clearly I'm I'm mistaken. I think this was possibly in my Tesco brand Red Bull knockoff and vodka phase. So I have very few recollections of anything that went on. <laughs> uh, and, and to be fair, this is a who back when retrospective. And I think that yeah. we, we need to remember that your alcohol choices over the years have got significantly better. Oh, I would <laughs> I would like to think so as well. <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs> I am still drinking scotch, right? I, I, as I did from take one, I have upgraded to more expensive scotch. For those that weren't listening before we started recording, by telepathy. Leon tonight is on a Negroni, which is certainly a lot more grown up than Tesco's own brand, Vodka. Slander, JD. Slander. <laughs> it was Tesco brand Red Bull. That's right. <laughs> so it was, it was like fake Red Bull. I believe it was called Blue Spark. It may have been Sainsbury's now that I think about it. And, and the vodka was whatever it was. Although, to be fair, for a while there, I was drinking Glenn's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> The other question you asked a few years ago, Drew, at the start of this recording, was oh, I did. My, 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 my favorite and least favorite Doctor Who episodes that we oh, covered this I asked that. <laughs> so, Turn Left is my favorite episode of Doctor Who. Mm. Lovely. Anne Murray! That's a different one. Is it, not, is it? Is that not Turn Left? Oh, maybe it is. I think it is. Yeah, it is Turn oh, Left. Oh, dear. Okay, I need to watch it again. Clearly. <laughs> it, it, it's such good writing. And my worst episode being Love and Monsters. But from Classic Who, mm. Classic Who has such an amazing wide range of brilliantly written, brilliantly acted episodes, then Underworld. Ah, yes. So that's my answer. Let's see what and we gave that. Underworld. <laughs> Under, Underworld, is is that the low point of all of Classic Who? I believe so. It is almost unwatchable. We've got it higher than Edge Destruction of the Soul. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Fair criticism. <laughs> Here, at the end of all things, I do want to bring up a couple of things from file I, I saved a few years ago. Oh. oh I, was looking, I, I was looking for my, my review of Web Planet, actually, and I found this. And I just wanted to big up some some of your ego, Leon. Probably doesn't need it. Oh, mine. Oh, great. Okay, I'm on, I'm on board. I'd love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you some of the very first iTunes reviews of Who Back When. Oh, oh, that's nice. Working your way through all of classic new and audio drama isn't an easy feat, as Ponkin is joined by co-hosts Flapjack, the Rawmeister, and JD, 
down the road to, well, whatever the latest episode is when they finish. Well, to give you a clue, it was Power of the Doctor. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, host, the hosts are fun to listen to and are kind enough to read out any comments or reviews we listeners send in, adding a community sense to the whole thing. Definitely a recommend, uh, recommended listen to all who fans new or old. That was on the 6th of July, 2014, from Gallifrey and Buccaneer. Oh, Gall- oh, I remember Gallifrey and Buccaneer. Nice. Hope you're still buccaneering. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> no stopping some people. So, the next one. There are so many freaking Doctor Who podcasts out there, and it's mostly a wasteland of sameness. They all report the same news, do the same episode commentaries, make the same reviews, and pretty much all tell the same jokes. If you're lucky, the sound quality will be better than a tin cup in a toilet. And sadly, most of the hosts aren't nearly as entertaining as they think they are. But not who back when. These guys are genuinely funny and fun. They take you along on a magic carpet ride of irrelevant reviews that are guaranteed to make your smile widen and your censored harden. Trust me, you'll you'll never be bored listening to this podcast. And finally, we have the some hosts who understand that brevity is the essence of wit. Obviously, never listen to me. Um, <laughs> and they are long enough to satisfy without mercifully jumping over the dreaded two-hour mark. Oh, if you, oh right. If okay. we want we to did listen get to, to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. the eight Dr. Shoelaces, you need to hang up your microphone. Anyway, I digress. Who Back When is a ton of fun and truly stands at least three feet above the typical Who cast. So keep listening, and to the guys, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was that Chad Flagfucker from Ohio. <laughs> that was on the 9th of May 2014 from Mojo. I'm going to do one more. So Ponkin, uh-huh. Ponkin and Flapjack are trudging down the temporal road of every single Doctor Who episode starting from 1963. Their reviews are littered with facts and opinions from two people who, unlike a lot of people, don't know every Doctor Who episode off by heart. So it's a much more genuine and humorous look at the exploits of the Doctor. From an unearthly child, they take a sideways look at the episodes with good humour, good banter... And whether you disagree or agree with their scores, there is something for everyone. Well recommended. And that was on the 19th of August, 2013. Five-star reviews from John A. David. Oh, no way! <laughs> I was just looking through the list if I could find yours. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you for that. That's very kind of you. I think I was one of the first people who reviewed it i think there's one review before mine so august 2013 Brilliant. did you say yes that is mad that is over 10 years ago crazy. yeah oh. it's a good thing that you kept on drafting new ignoramuses like me and marie <laughs> <laughs> to come on and keep the ill-informed banter coming Clearly, it's a winning format. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, clearly, that, that's why I had to leave because I knew too much about Doctor Who and I was ruining the format. You're making it yeah, too good. Absolutely true. <laughs> and I do, I do think of you as the guru, the fount of verity. Not there is a Doctor Who verity podcast out there, but you are the the veritable verity, and so I go to you for all my opinions, and that's why I'm asking about the power of the Doctor. I have one more question, which is. Now that we're folding and everything, what other Doctor Who podcasts out there would you listen to? That's an excellent question. Oh, yeah. So I've got got two. One that I haven't yet been invited on, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And 
Which is, but seriously, hamster with a blunt pen knife. Joe Ford and special guests, including apparently Ponkin on an episode I haven't listened to because it <laughs> yeah, contains yeah. my fun. nightmare fuel. <laughs> but I might listen to it now. I might, get my, I might get my husband to hold my hand while I listen to it. But <laughs> that podcast, absolutely. Right? It is a commentary, uh, commentary plus, I shall say. It's banter and commentary. Yeah. And I think that uh, Who Corner to Corner... Who's C2C? They do a great podcast. They have been learning Magic the Gathering recently oh, with yeah. the Doctor oh. Who sets that came out. Oh, interesting. And they have me on, I, I don't know whether it's a broadcast episode, but I'm also helping them learn how to play Magic next weekend. Oh, awesome. But, but they're very good. They do a lot of interviews with people in the Doctor Who sphere. They have, I think the next episode that they've got coming out is them and Craig Ells, who played Carvanista. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So one of the highlights of the Tribunal era, Carvanista. So they do a lot of interviews. And, and they did a great interview. It's a two-part interview. And I highly recommend anyone to listen to it with Chris Chibnall. Oh, yeah. And I'd love to hear that, actually. I do recommend it because whenever you listen to Chris Chibnall as a human being and not listen to anything he writes, he's much better. Right, he's right. he's clearly a fan of Doctor Who. Yeah, which he should have given the man a dictaphone while he was drafting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my my recommendations for other podcasts out there. Hmm. And I think it I think it's sad in a way that it, this is ending, but in a way it's unusual for a podcast to end naturally. Leon, you have spent ten years now going through the entirety of Doctor Who, and so I don't know whether this is last last week on the episode I haven't yet listened to. But you, you've obviously had some high and low points during this entire journey. Yeah. What would you say was your highest and lowest points during your reviews? Well, we did kind of touch upon this last week, didn't we? I remember the low, certainly. Yeah, I can blitz through the low very quickly. was getting inexcusably inebriated during the Satan Pit review to the point where the podcast nearly did end unnaturally. <laughs> I didn't want to listen back to that episode. I didn't want to listen to it and edit it. So nothing materialized for a number of weeks. We managed to turn him from a jolly drunk into a maudlin drunk. It was weird and unsettling. Yeah, that's definitely the low point, uh, unfortunately. We did behave better after that, though, because we never wanted to do that again. We felt <laughs> so cruel. But regardless... It felt like we'd stolen the warmth from the sun. <laughs> okay, right. My ego is sufficiently inflated now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> high point, I don't know. It's very difficult to say what a high point is without or what the high point might be without sounding too schmaltzy but like it's clearly entirely unrelated to doctor who it's all about the the people who are involved either at the mic or at the speaker <laughs> it's all about this this community that's formed around the podcast over the course of 10 years and it's not just like one high point. There are all these little moments where either someone sends a review or they send in an email or we read a listener mini or whatever it might be, or we just bond around a table full of microphones. I think essentially what it boils down to is after just over 10 years, I very largely define who I am as a 
Doctor Who podcaster. <laughs> like, it's turned into part of my identity. And I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do when I stop. <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions tonight. But, but I think that's the highlight. Like, coming to the conclusion that there are lots of people out there with whom you have so much in common, just on a human level, never mind nerd level, but just on a human level, and realizing so much more about yourself over the course of investing interest and time and soul and everything into something. That's the, yeah. that's the c- combined highlight, I think. I think that's a good statement. I wouldn't have become friends with you, Leon, if not for who back when. I met some wonderful people. Drew's great. He's here. Oh, thanks. He's okay. You know, <laughs> you know listening to some of the things that some of the minis are done by Kyle Rath, Listen, I was around at the start when the two minis that came in without fail every week were me and Gina Guerrero. Yeah. And meeting Gina at the car. Meeting, meeting Gina Guerrero in London <laughs> was amazing. Gina is such a, a lovely person, such a lovely human being. I think Gina came along because it was meant to be you and Flapjack that were yes, coming to right. the 10th. And Jack didn't make it, which was not unusual at the time. And so Gina, Gina Guerrero came along. (laughs) And me and my husband, was he my husband at the time? No, my my boyfriend at the time, I think. Yeah. Brendan, actually, yes, having having just realized how many, how, when we got married, it would have been my boyfriend, Brendan, and meeting you, meeting Gina, and having that whole sort of Doctor Who 50th anniversary experience together down in London was amazing. And I'm grateful to this podcast for having you as a friend. We do, It's not like we chat every week, but every every sort of six months on WhatsApp, we do chat and catch up. And I really enjoyed my time on Who Back When. Unfortunately, work got the better of me and I needed to dedicate more time to it and less to fun. And so I stepped away from Who Back When, but I continued to listen. I continued to, you know, pine for the lost fjords of Flapjack, wanting him to come back, (laughs) but he never did. And then you've got other new people. You've got Marie, you've got Jimmy, you've got Drew, Nick, who was insanely funny. You know, I I think Nick is Mm -hmm. amazingly funny. And, and Rory, just you... so that we don't leave one person unmentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rory. <laughs> Sorry. But he was actually fun to listen to. I, I think I like Rory. But I still think that the original duo of you and Flapjack, I honestly think of my favourite pairing, right? It, secondly is you and me, right? But first of all, <laughs> first of all has to be you and Flapjack because you were the ones that made me fall in love with the podcast. Gateway drug. Gateway drug. And he clearly knew nothing about Doctor Who, so it worked well. That's okay. Yeah, no, he and I have very much had that in common, so it's fine. But over the years, you've had, you've listened, you've now watched a load of Doctor Who. You have listened to an entire McGann. Who would you say was your favorite Doctor now? I hope this tallies with what I said last week. (laughs) (laughs) No, the the thing is, it's allowed to change, right? Yeah. It really is. That that neatly calls back to what you said at the start, that it's very much depending on how you feel, isn't it? For classic, it's it's Tom Baker for me. He's the Doctor that I I grew up watching. And it's very difficult to stray away from that. It's like... It's the gateway drug. It's the exact same syndrome. After you bond with that primary caregiver, it's very difficult to replace that. Yeah, exactly. Even if plenty of doctors since then have been way better (laughs) (laughs) times. And the writing's been much more interesting. Tom Baker's (laughs) teat will always be the first you reach for. Instinct, if nothing else. Yeah. For you, it does vacillate. I think I may have said, did I say Capaldi or Smith? 
last week. I can't remember, actually, but it kind of, it might be one of those two. It's tough between those two. Yeah. Because both had strengths that the other didn't. Yeah, exactly. Those two combined. If Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi had a transporter accident and then played the Doctor, wowee, I'll never press stop. Like, that is just amazing. Okay, that's fair. But what about the other end? Because I got asked this question, and I think it's only fair. Who is your worst? Oh, I can have it. I, it, that's a question I did not answer last week. Just rip off the plaster, dude. Just say it. You have to. Because JD fudged it, and we can't have two fudges. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure about classic. It's very difficult, because I love something about every single classic Who doctor. For New Who, regrettably, I have to say it's the 13th. And that's in large part because the writing is so shit. Like, it's not her fault, necessarily. And she's barely on the, screen for much of it. Yeah, it's just, it's less of a statement about my least favourite Doctor than it is a statement about my least favourite era of Doctor Who. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. Now, Drew, right, you, right. Yeah, me. you are at least 30 years younger than Leon, right? You're, you're about 40 years younger than me. Uh, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I just know, love I'm that, sitting right here. I just look that way because I've done so much less episode editing than him. He's had to stay up late into so many nights. My hairline was underneath my eyeballs when I started this podcast. <laughs> also, before you get too sad, I got great because I'm here. So you're doing fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think it's only fair, I think it's only fair you answer that same question. And yes, you might have answered it last week but you have to ask your best and worst yeah and why i think i probably did say capaldi or if not i heavily intimated it because i didn't like capaldi at first i feel like he had first to win me over a bit i i loved him from the thick of it as malcolm tucker and in various other things i've loved him pretty much anywhere i've ever seen him but in deep breath while it is kind of nice that he's edgy, the edginess works. He's, he's kind of not. And I'm like, oh no, what, what am I? Do I want three series of this? Do I want an edge lord instead of a time lord? And it was all going somewhere. And Moffat had a plan for his doctor, may I say, better than Chibnall's plan for his doctor. And you may, and you're right. And Capaldi also, yes. he he wasn't afraid to go there because he was a massive fan and he was bold and he saw the vision and he carried it every step of the way. And it just, just he was absolutely so rock solid. Matt Smith had a very few bad weeks. There was the odd one. I feel like he lost a bit of interest and variety towards the end. Capaldi, I could probably have watched him forever. And he, he wasn't obviously the Doctor I grew up with at all. That was Tennant, if anything. But Capaldi just took it to a, a new level for me. Hmm. Completely. And your worst. And your worst. <sighs> it's, it's tricky because... Here we go. <laughs> because we said in our 13th Doctor retrospective, I made a note, there are many good episodes. There are proportionally as many good episodes in her era as there are in the Capaldi era, if you measure it by a certain slightly skewed metric. Yeah, you need to be a like a tax <laughs> avoidance expert accountant. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I think because I've only got uh, McGann, I saw his one, and the new ones to choose from. And I'm not going to say the seventh Doctor because all the episodes I saw of those were five out of five. Every single one, five out of five. <laughs> Obviously. So, Eccleston? Bold choice. Yeah, there were bad episodes in his one series. I get that they were finding their feet, so there were gonna be there were gonna be bottle episodes where he was talking to that farty woman all the time, and sometimes that's the very kind of episode I like and that I rate highest. But 
yeah, I, I don't know, because he flounced off, he did come back, sure, and he's now reintegrating himself with Big Finish and everything, but everybody else had such a body of work and so many better highlight episodes, yeah, maybe Eccleston. Yeah, fair That's not enough. to say I don't love the guy when he turns well, up, but... Yeah. I will point out that you're talking to two people that have very different re- reviews of Boomtown. So yeah. I was just um, thinking Boomtown, actually. Where he's obviously talking to Margaret for half the episode... I rated it as a 1.5 and Leon rated it as a 2.9. Um, we, we were very different on Boomtown. I don't like the farting aliens. I don't like the Savine at all. The long but game, I, that's not great either. The long game ain't great. Dalek is brilliant. Parting of the Waves is very good. We You've might have five out of five that one. You should have done. Yeah. You absolutely did. Oh, I'd, I'd be yeah. surprised if you didn't. And you've got you've got some great stuff in Christopher Eccleston, and yes, you have some some crap. But you know, the future ending who back when here, you have possibly the most exciting time for Doctor Who in since two thousand and five. You have it, certainly since yeah. twenty thirteen. So maybe just to say, JD, you may not realize this because we mentioned this in last week's episode. But yeah, we are done, but we will be reviewing the specials that are coming out very very shortly. Basically, as long as it takes for Leon to move to London and to be out of reach <laughs> of us being in the same room, that's probably how long we'll continue for. <laughs> it's not you that have much. you have a great excitement coming up. There is a great excitement in the Doctor Who sphere. Yeah, definitely. You have three specials, of which we know stuff about two of them. The third one, even to the point of having the words redacted, redacted, redacted in the cast list in Doctor Who magazine. Oh my goodness, okay. Very Um, exciting. They are trying to hold back as much of Wild Blue Yonder as possible. It is an exciting time, again, to be a Doctor Who fan. Every day, every day, RTD produces a new breadcrumb from his armpit, his pocket, anywhere. He's full of breadcrumbs. Ran out of jam. He's doing (laughs) an amazing job of hyping it up. You have Doctor Who, the musical celebration, you know. What? Leon's been avoiding a lot. I've I've genuinely tried to not take in any of this stuff. Okay, so Doctor Who, they did a musical retrospective in Cardiff. It was on Radio... Three? Two? Three? I don't know. It's Radio something. It was also also on BBC Sounds. (laughs) And then they did a slightly cut down version of it on iPlayer as well. It's like a full and, orchestra rendition. with Murray Gold. Amazing. It has Murray Gold, Stefan Agnola from the Jodie Whittaker era. They have, I, I apologize to him for mispronouncing his name. They also have Mark Ers from the classic days. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember the other one. Is it Deadly Dudley Simpson? The other one they had from the classic days. But they have basically the wide range of music from RTD, from Stephen Moffat, from the Chibnall area, and that was amazing. They have Tales from the TARDIS, which you didn't really like, and I did. I thought it was nice nostalgia. I appreciate um, the effort that they're going to. I see what they're doing with it. You have every single episode of Doctor Who bar one on iPlayer. <laughs> which one? With, with audio <laughs> description oh, and yes. with signing. Hmm which is amazing for accessibility. The one that is missing is An Unearthly Child. Yes. For those Mm. that haven't ventured out into Twitter, and please do not bleep this one, Leon, a complete twat called Steph Coburn, who owns the rights to An Unearthly Child, through a 
childish hissy fit of astronomic proportions saying that the BBC killed his father and want and says that his father whether this is right or wrong, I'm not qualified to say, owns the rights to the word TARDIS and the entirety of the first episode. Either way, it's held up the streaming rights for an unearthly child, so the first four episodes. So the very first episode of Doctor Who is not on iPlayer, and that is an utter shame. What was the guy's name again? Steph Coburn. Who is Coburn, who is the son of Anthony Coburn, who wrote An Unearthly Child, and then right. three episodes after it. Okay, I, I wasn't familiar with this. Might I propose a segue to something entirely different? Oh, let's! Is it, is, is it something to do with why Drew's haircut looks like Avon from Blake 7? No, but I see what you're saying. No, it's been like this since I was 18. Last year then? Uh... <laughs> of course, because I am 30 years younger than Leon. So we've received a couple of emails from Podcast Land. Oh, nice. And well, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, I've, yeah, I hope so too. I haven't actually read them. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> 10 years for this. How about we have a listen to them? That would be lovely. So appropriately enough, Leon's favourite Negroni is the fourth Negroni. Yes, indeed. Is it? Is it? I'm, I'm, on my four, I'm on my fourth scotch. Oh, considering it's the first time, I, first time I've had a drink in like six months. Oh, oh be, really? I have to be awake at half eight in the morning, so oh. well, that's fun. Thanks for falling off the wagon for us. Yeah, that's very... <laughs> <laughs> right. We are entering the listener mini section. Nope, we are not. We found out something before we pressed re-record. Something way more important. Something that we must discuss post-haste. Forthwith. Immediate. More. JD. Yes. Did we hear correctly that you needed to make time to finish writing your Doctor Who streaming role-playing role Yes. So, yes. So, a company called Cubicle 7 okay. have written a role-playing game. For Doctor Who. They've updated it. So it's a fairly new version. I got the collected edition, which comes in this absolutely lovely, this would be great if it was a video podcast, absolutely great TARDIS box set. It's bigger on the inside. And one of the things that I have wanted to do for a while is when I have managed to finish finding the time is to finish writing a my adventure that I would like to run on it with some people from the intranet and have a Doctor Who role-playing game. Now, I know that two of out there on podcast land have already done something very similar. So Who Corner to Corner, which I mentioned earlier, that I'll be playing Magic with next weekend. They've done something very similar, but it would be great to get some people who are used to role-playing games, get them into the world of Doctor Who so that's something that hopefully at some point will come to fruition. So is this a role-playing game along the lines of Dungeons and Dragons? And what you would be writing, yes. is it like writing a campaign for D&D? Yeah, absolutely the same. Imagine that you get to play the Doctor or the, the, the Doctor's companions traveling through time and space. Affirmative. No one's competing with you for that one. It's all yours, buddy. It's all you. <laughs> but I get to play the Dalek. I remember the singing Dalek I did in one episode of Who Back When. That was that was my low point. But, <laughs> but yes, that sounds pretty lovely. Um, <laughs> God, that was so long ago. But the role playing game is actually very, very good. It's very well written. It's very well thought out. Unfortunately, it has Jody's TARDIS interior at the front, which is hideous, 
hideous, hideous. But the monsters that they have inside it as examples even go back to dear old Patrick Troughton and the Yeti. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, if only I had yeah. lots of experience with Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. <laughs> You're looking at me. Do you not? I play Dungeons and Dragons, I'm gonna say thrice. Oh, okay. I, I think so. And then I, then I stopped. Maybe it was four times. I was just an axe-wielding meathead called Brunja Gunnarsson because he was Reading's Icelandic mid- midfielder at the time and it seemed like a good name. But I had fun rolling D20s. Okay. I was a lightfoot foot rogue. But that's the whole thing, right? You don't need to be experienced. It helps, but you don't. You need to have either the desire to work for Big Finish, who really mm. should hire me. I would very much like to please Joseph Lee. Or... <laughs> oh my god, that look. Wow. Wow. <laughs> if you like Doctor Who, if you like Dungeons & Dragons, it is exactly the intersection of those two. Nice. Mm, sounds okay. pretty intersexual. Well, <laughs> holy smokes. Yeah, no, seriously, enjoy that. I, I'm looking forward to hearing what your adventure will have turned into when you finish writing it yes i need to finish writing it i want my my plan hopefully um is when i've written it is to go out to some of the people in the doctor who blogosphere doctor who podcast sphere to see if they wish to join oh you're gonna give someone else a bonus episode okay right to (laughs) well no 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 no. they can be on my podcast for a change Nice. nice yes well done. Because there's only so much pleading that Joe Ford can happen <laughs> in, in these in these adventures. Um, but no, I intend to stream it on Twitch, twitch.tv, and obviously record it as a podcast. But I need to finish writing it. I just need to finish the time off. Oh, because God, it seems like something that is the intersection of Doctor Who fan fiction, role-playing games, which I love, and I've been playing role-playing games since I was nine so basically when about 30 years before Drew was even born. <laughs> I'm loving this running joke. You're 30 yeah. years younger than JD. No, who, than you. <laughs> how young do you think Drew is? Are you actually 80 uh, and I, you have an incredibly good skincare routine? I, 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 I thought that you were about five to ten years younger than me. I don't know if that's... I, how old do you think I am? <laughs> we're roughly the same age, aren't we? Like, how old are you? Are we? Are we, are we not? I'm, I'm 49. I am younger. Yeah, uh, but, but looking good for it. <laughs> yeah, very good. As I said, I thought we were roughly the same age. Or I'm 40. And, and Drew looks about 22. That's yeah, just, that is true. That's that just the Blake's seven hair. You know what? You're absolutely right. Slash <laughs> Roman Emperor. And the very low resolution on the webcam. Oh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, is Doctor Who fan fiction when Christopher Eccleston takes a big deep breath and doesn't get sliced to fuck by walking through one? You didn't like that episode. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> gathering evidence for him as my least favorite Doctor. Because <laughs> what? That never really paid off. <laughs> they set that up and then he's never able to do that again. Don't worry, Drew. I, I, I will absolutely invite you to my Doctor Who role-playing game. Hooray! Mainly due to the fact that you could be the token youngster. <laughs> <laughs> Bring down the average age. <laughs> so let I think it is time now for the final time in our main Who Back When to go to our listener minis. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's. Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Who's first? First up, it's Ed Such. 
I think I'm doing this one. Go for it. It begins. Dear Leon, Drew, Marie, Jim, and JD, editorially inserted, I send my apologies for lack of engagement for the last few years. A small human will do that to your lives. Our commiserations, Ed. I'm sure they're a delight. <laughs> but I note that you have triumphantly finally caught up. A massive congratulations to all of you, but especially Leon. Oh, why, thank you. I am sad that this may well be the end of one of my favorite Doctor Who podcasts and hope that you continue in some form moving forwards. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are, yes. Yeah. This is the end, but only the end in so many ways. Having faith that it's the end, but the moment has been prepared for. Thanks for all the fun. Ed. Such, Such a, a nice, nice guy. guy. Oh, Eds. Hello, Eds. Thanks, Eds. Hello and goodbye, Ed. <laughs> People who are not Eds, they can say hi to Ed online, I believe. They can. He can be found at Ed Such with a T. And double D's. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And should definitely check out the Doctor Who Impossible blog at DW Impos blog. Oh, sugar. Since I left Twitter. Yeah, that has been missing from my life. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you for traveling down that temporal road with us. It's okay. I'm already adding him as a follow. Nice. Hey. <laughs> hey. In real time. Who's next? Why, it's Jethro Roos. <laughs> 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 Hello, Jethro. Jethro says, My dear old things, I've been meaning to write this for a little while to encompass the end of the Jodie Whittaker era, but I'm appalling at being organized. No skin of our nose, there, chap. <laughs> so having missed that boat and the aside that my only knowledge of Jodie prior to Doctor Who was her flopping her norks out to Peter O'Toole in the film Venus. Oh, right. All I'm left with is to offer my sincere and most grateful thanks. Got an honorary Oscar for that. Right. <laughs> for getting norks flopped at him. <laughs> To undertake a 10-year project like Who Back When is utterly daft, and I doff my proverbial hat to you, all of you. Especially Leon. Uh, Editorialised. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was late to the party, having only discovered you during the fun time that was locked down, <laughs> but, but you fast became one of my favourite podcasts. Oh, I'd listen on my mandatory government walks, in the car, and even in bed. Oh, me all too often with fan base such as Doctor Who, folks can get very protective and overly reverential about something they care about, which is fine and noble. But would they have the unbridled joy of ripping the piss, whilst pissed, of the rings of a carton? A carton? I think not. Your glorious corner of the world of podcast land has shone light into the weird and wonderful universe and been a great nudge to go back and watch stories that thrilled and enthralled me as a child and teenager. And a lot of it is bollocks. Absolute bollocks. You're wrong about the invasion of time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Yeah, but I'll happily take that on board. I don't know what comes next, says Jethro, but whatever it is, I'm sure it will be quite, quite brilliant. The invitation of the Sharda tour of Cambridge stands if any of you are ever up this way. Plus, I have a pub. See you there, Jethro. Yeah, we must. <laughs> we must. We absolutely must. Again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all the joy you have brought. Ad multos anos. Cheers, Jethro. But where can you find Jethro on the internet? Oh my goodness. Jethro, first off, what a what a spiffing chap. What a wonderful mini. Thank you so much. Jethro can be found at Jethro underscore Roos. <laughs> oh god wasn't rings of akatan really just piss but <laughs> such good value for money really <laughs> and that was when we breached no, here, the two hour mark yes, so i was i was talking to a friend of mine 
Dom goes by Earthbinder on on the internet. Hey Dom, and he he pointed out something about Rings of Akaten that I didn't realize when I was watching it for the first time. Oh yeah, doesn't the Doctor destroy the entire civilization by removing their sun during <laughs> the entire episode? That may have come up. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. The world's most tossiest episode ever. <laughs> I think he got that observation from who back when. I'm gonna re-listen to that review actually. <laughs> yeah, if you got a spare weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell, that, that episode was awful. Hey, yeah, Anyways, hey, yeah. my, tu- my turn now to read a listener mini. Yeah. And hey, a, <laughs> a peer of mine back from the original days of Who Back When, oh, yeah, I oh, am geez. reading one from Kyle Rath. Hello, Kyle. Fear the wrath of Kyle! <laughs> so Kyle, who goes by Sinister Super Spy... On Twitter, that's, that's super without any vowels. Without without any vowels. <laughs> so Kyle writes, "Greetings, who back when? Ten years, blink and you'll miss it." Usually, when I'd write in, I'd have a funny title, something in the vein of a double entendre, okay. and a circular joke woven through the fabric of the body, with the intent to titillate, tantalise, lots of other T words. Mm-hmm. But this hits a bit different, change and all that. 250 words are not enough to contain my thanks for all of the time, all of the joy, all of the moments all of you have given to us. All of time and space and memories travelling with us in bite-sized chunks. I've been privileged to contribute in my own way over the years, from the reviews to the blog. I hope it was as fun for you as it was for me, for us, editorialising now for myself. Yes, Kyle, it really was. Oh my goodness, yes it was. (laughs) I dare say the community Who Back When has built in its wake seems to epitomise the very best of what Doctor Who means to all of us, running hand in hand towards the madness and laughing together. (laughs) I have benefited personally in ways I didn't expect along this journey. The friendships from afar, without question, are the best. So I'm raising a glass Several, if the opportunity presents. Well, two stupid human hands. I hope there will be more. I'm here for it, even if it's just as a fan and a follower. All my love to all of you. Here's to who back what's next. (laughs) Oh, look, apparently 250 was enough. Kyle Rath. Oh, my goodness, Kyle. That's your audition tape that you must send to Big Finish, JD. Hello, hello, Nick Briggs, Joseph Lister. Hi. But no, no, (laughs) seriously, I refuse... I refuse to take away from Kyle Rath's great comments. Kyle, along with Gina, myself, a lot of those people that were there right at the start in the original days of Who Back When, I think Kyle does speak for all of us. And while I ended up being on the show and Kyle ended up doing the blog and and, uh, his things as well, I think we all thank you, Leon, specifically yep. Yep. for what you brought to the Doctor Who community. You started off as someone who... I I did watch your video podcast that you'd done before Who Back When. I, I tried not to kill myself afterwards, but it, it was fine. Wait, what was that? Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was you and Flapjack. What, Wait, but, what uh, was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was the pre-Who Back When, Leon. It was it was terrible. <laughs> the last episode? But, what was that? I need to find out what that was. Okay. I have no doubt that we did record lots of shit. It's probably on now. YouTube somewhere. But, <laughs> oh, but goodness. you brought something to the Doctor Who community, which I think was quite lacking, which was complete ignorance. And <laughs> your complete ignorance... 
took You're us on a journey. Welcome. <laughs> you took us on a journey. You took us on a journey so much I wanted to be part of it. <laughs> because you were just sucking me in like a black hole. And Chance to be a fine thing. <laughs> um thank you. Thank you very, very much for creating this podcast, for sticking with it, for going through pretty much half at least a dozen co-hosts and outliving them. And <laughs> and I think I I hope at the end of the day, like Kyle said, here's to who back what's next. But I hope that you have come to a new appreciation of Doctor Who. Certainly. You have you have come to enjoy the things which you thought you might not. And at the at here as we stand as as the hobbits and Gandalf did at the end of all things. I'm the hobbit in the scenario, that, but carry on. <laughs> it's just the haircut of yours. It's fine. <laughs> you have come to an appreciation of Doctor Who that certainly I started with when you started. That 60 years later, the reason it is still on our TV screens is because it reinvents itself. It genuinely brings something new to the table every few years. And in the old days, it was a commentary on things that maybe couldn't have been commented on any other way. So hopefully you've enjoyed yourself as much as we have enjoyed listening to your voice permeate our ears over 10 years. Bing bong, future Leon here with another listener mini. I just couldn't resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> another one popped into the inbox before I had finished the edit. And uh, here we are. This one comes from Ollie Raven. Hello, Ollie. I believe that's how you pronounce your name, right? <laughs> just kidding. Hello, says Ollie. Or is it adieu? Always get those mixed up. Anyway, I was a bit of a latecomer to this temporal journey. I only found it via the Doc Oho Reviews blog and it was already more than halfway over. Even then... I didn't take the plunge as a contributor until the McCoy era for the classic show and the second half of Flux for New Who. It's been a blast, mind. During the pandemic, I'd procrastinate over my long-overdue master's thesis by, fittingly, doing everything in the wrong order. Instead of writing a few pages, then rewarding myself with an episode or two, I'd watch a story and then go to the library and listen to the podcast through my headphones whilst knocking out the odd paragraph. Yay for multitasking. Yay indeed, Ollie. So basically, Ollie continues, thanks for keeping me relatively sane and cheerful during that isolating and highly pressurized period, I guess. Things were a bit sporadic for a while after that in terms of making a habit of listening. Oh, okay. But since moving to my own flat, new episodes have become part of my Sunday night routine and I shall miss them. Nevertheless, my home media Who collection isn't exhaustive, so I'll be catching up on some stories via the iPlayer and then find the relative Who Back When episode. Yay! Perhaps I should download them now before they're replaced by remastered edits. <laughs> Rating, says Ollie. Take my lucky number, subtract a digit, add a decimal point, and then treble it. Equals 5.1 sacred smokeroonies and urinal cakes. What? <laughs> Thank you very much, Ollie. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, podcast land. Say hi to Ollie. Figure out his lucky number and then let Ollie know at Foggy Doctor Who. Very nice. Uh, oh, actually, we'll say yes. So I mentioned this in the last bonus episode, Retrospective Part 1. I do indeed intend to go back and remaster some of the old episodes. Essentially, everything that we did before we got proper microphones and before I figured out how to remove excessive breaths and clicks and pops and whatever else. And I will do my, my level best, so to speak, uh, to amend all that audio and make it a little nicer on your earballs. 
but I don't know when I'm going to get around to doing that. So if you want to download everything now so that you have the original version, you're very welcome to, and then uh, get the remastered Blu-ray edition <laughs> whenever I actually get around to it. I'll let people know in the usual ways when I've done that. Sometime next year, I think. Anyway, thank you very much, Ollie. Fabulous Mini, and thank you very much for travelling down that temporal road with us. Okay, right, back to the show. Bing bong. Thank you very much, and thanks to you, thanks to you, Drew, thanks to everyone who's part of this. I feel like I'm being given slightly more credit than I'm due. But... No, not at all. I'm not going to shit on flaps, but I am going to read out the last sentence of his introduction, which is still on the website. Oh, really? Now I'm completely determined to see them all and examine them in painstaking detail. <laughs> still on the website. And he made it, Love it. <laughs> 16 episodes in. And that's honestly about as far as pretty much anyone else would have made it. But you are exceptional. This was a grand folly, perhaps the grandest folly outside of Doctor Who itself. And like JD says, they bring in a whole new production team every now and again because people's stamina runs out. But yours didn't. You managed to go all the way from the beginning to the end with all the episode editing, apart from maybe 35 that I did, maybe two that Jim did, and all the back-end website stuff. Countless hours, 10,000 hours. You are now a grand master of podcasting. It is an amazing achievement. Okay, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> I did also say last week, imagine if this had just been me. Imagine how many listeners we would have, or I would have been hemorrhaging every single week. <laughs> no one's tuning in for the Leon show. So, yeah. Well, to be fair, people are, right? And yeah. you are, I know you are self-effacing and you don't want to admit it, but you have lived through so many co-hosts, right? Some of which have become your friends. Some of which you were your friends to begin with and now disown you. But <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, you, yeah. have, you have lived through the entirety of Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm part of you that have, job. You and I, right, have lived through the entirety of Doctor Who. Therefore, and, and this is something... You should know as much about Doctor Who as I do. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> he, doesn't, so, he doesn't subscribe to DWM. <laughs> How many times I, I have do. you watched all of Doctor Who, JD? I have watched it at least as much as you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and no less. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that you once told me that you had seen all of Classic Who something like three times. What, even the Zabi episode? <laughs> Maybe not the Zabia. Bear in mind, right, I, I wrote on October the 27th, 2013, I sent in my voice to Ponkin. Yes. And I said, the Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and the Pointless One land on the planet of Lensfleur, where the worst <laughs> collection of monsters in the universe try and kidnap and abuse them. It's six episodes long. Oh God, we've reached the web planet. Which began my association with Who Back When. Those very words began my association with Who Back When. And bear in mind that, yeah, I, I've, I've watched the web plant at least once <laughs> this week. And, you know, Leon, you, you've listened to it many, many times. Drew, yes. th- this will come as a surprise to Leon. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, as a bonus to Who Back When, I think you should hold a small little quiz between myself and Leon. Oh. <laughs> the person who has watched Doctor Who from the beginning, Leon, yeah. mm-hmm. yep, from yeah. start to finish, who has all the knowledge in his head 
of every episode. As the podcast will attest. Oh, who who has as the podcast can attest, I've only I've only at least watched at least twenty or thirty episodes yeah, of Leon. And most of those were audios. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I think it would be good. And I am pretty sure the podcast land would agree that a that a sixty minute episode where there is a quiz between myself and Leon. Quizmaster the course by yourself, Drew. <laughs> With your youthful good looks. Yeah, we do have precisely one week off till to who starts again. So. But the, the problem, JD, where this falls down slightly is you're asking the guy who knows cock all about Doctor Who trivia to come up with a quiz for two titans of Doctor Who knowledge. Well, oh, if, if only we had a Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit game. Though. Yeah, where you could just read Both it. Both of us owned. Yeah, Ow! which is just in the other room. And I also want to point out that JD noted that the one unique quality that I lent the Hooniverse was my <laughs> undeniable ignorance. Yes, and we so... want to know that that's still untarnished to this day. <laughs> Right, well... I, I think you have learned more than you think. That would be interesting. Mm. You might surprise yourself with what you know. Yeah, that's true. I think this is a good idea. Let's and do it. now that you've told me about the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit game, which I was ignorant of appropriately enough... This Who Back When ending retrospective never ends. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? I have a question before we round this off. JD's favourite TARDIS? No, is but it, it is related to that. Is it to draw the observation that, in fact, you are the TARDIS who have transported us from the beginning of Doctor Who to the end? The one constant! I think we learned this evening, among lots of things, that JD feels similarly about the Jodie Whittaker TARDIS interior, uh-huh. as we do. And presumably, at some point in the not-too-distant future, the Whovians will be treated to a brand new TARDIS interior. Ah! How do you envision the current TARDIS either being destroyed or (laughs) replaced with a new one? JD, go. Okay, we know that in Wild Blue Yonder, that the TARDIS is sort of on fire in the inside. Oh, goodness. I didn't Um, know that. Right. I I believe it will be the TARDIS trying to go further and farther than it has ever done before. It burns up and is replaced. So I believe... And this is a guess that we will not see the TARDIS interior in the Star Beast. Mm-hmm. We will not see it until the end of Wild Blue Yonder. And then that will be the TARDIS for 14 and then Shuti Gatwa as 15. Right. Okay. Mm. Solid. Solid yeah. prediction there. Like it. Drew, how do you feel about this? What do you think? It's so hard to see past that lovely library Capaldi had. And that's. Wait, I'm thinking of the beginning of McGann's when Sylvester McCoy is at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Really stunning. Like that one as well. Absolutely stunning. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> examined my chagrin enough to try to figure out what would be the exact opposite of Jody's interior that I might wish to replace it. Right. You Leon, you seem to be leading us along with this question. No, I, well, I was sort of halfway expecting one of you to say that Ace runs in with a baseball bat. And by the time she exits again, they're like, <laughs> right, well, we need a new one. <laughs> No, I'm sort of envisioning what's going to happen is... You've got far more than half a mind. Let's say tenants. Okay. Oh, maybe not tenant. Maybe it's Shooty. Enters the TARDIS. Wait, Shooty enters the TARDIS with a brand new companion. They look around, both of them. Companion goes, wow, this is the console room. This is, wow, this is a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. And Shooty then goes, oh, no, no, no. 
this is just the bondage closet. We don't want to spend any time in here. <laughs> and then they go next door where there is just the most stunningly epic console room that we've just missed for an entire era of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> I think out of all the Doctors that Shooty is probably most likely to have a bondage closet, which will really make my the, the guy I mentioned earlier... Kevin Scribble Script on Twitter really happy if there is a bondage closet in there he'd be really happy. I think the Shooty Gatwa is the type of person that would have a bondage closet the same as the Sheridan Smith era Paul McGandon. I would imagine that literally every doctor has a bondage closet to be clear I'm just thinking we've spent an entire era in it yeah. by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the bedrooms are well, never first in the corridor are there? There are always exactly. several bondage closets to go by. Exactly. That does explain Mask of Mandragora in many ways. Oh, the Mask of Mandragora. Is that what the one you're thinking of? Yes, yes. <laughs> Why have you turned into Hermione from Harry Potter? <laughs> anyway, I think this has been an absolutely lovely evening. Slash Chaps. podcast. Slash podcast. <laughs> it is... Uh, this is yes, yes indeed. Yes. yes. Oh, thank you, JD. Thanks, JD. This is the end of Who Back When, as as we and I dare say you know it, podcast land, but it is not the end of Who Back When. <laughs> we will be back with, at the very least, let's see here, what is next? So in the new Who channel, we have our instant-ish reaction review of, what's the first of the specials called again? The Star Beast. The Star Beast. Doctor Who. Hey. The Star Beast. <laughs> so we actually know the next four Doctor Who titles. Yeah. Yeah, I've been avoiding all this. Yeah, don't tell them the other three. Yeah, I know that no, one no, of them. Sorry, Leon. To the wild blue yonder. Yes. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. JD. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. Right. Out of every single thing I could have said, this has been everywhere on every media, right? <laughs> even even yeah. the people that don't watch television would know it is the, the Star Beast, Wildly Yonder, and The Giggle. Oh, for God's sake. See, I didn't know about The Giggle. He was so well, close. you do now. <laughs> Unless you're faking it. I wonder if you're faking it. Anyway, okay. That's the new Who channel. In the classic Who channel, nope. <laughs> in the audio Who channel, nope. And in the bonus Who channel, quite possibly coming to an ear ball near you. What? <laughs> what am Within I saying? Within you. <laughs> The, I was going to say the Clash of the Titans, but it's not. The, the Clash of the Titan and the Ignoramus as we battle it out for Doctor Who trivia with possibly the most amazing compare I can imagine for the job. I'll brush off my Nicholas Parsons impression. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. I cannot imagine anyone better unless you can get Flapjack back. Um, Fucking hell, JD. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the second thing we invited him to, so chances are slim to none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JD, it's been lovely hanging out with you. How can people stay in touch with you? So on uh, Twitter, or X as it's called now, you can find me at Marius Kane. That's Kane with a K. <laughs> Drew. So, Drew, how can how can people find you, Drew? I'm not found at Drew back when because fucking Elon Musk. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> tailed off towards the end there, but I can be accessed if you email whobackwhen at gmail.com yes. or via our collective account at whobackwhen, yeah. all in one word for your spelling convenience podcast land. And I can be found at Ponkin. JD, how do you spell that? <laughs> thank you very much jd oh, that's big finish never hiring me so thank you very much for that 
Until the next time, Podcast Land, you have been an absolutely lovely audience. Thank you so much yet again for listening for 10 whole years. Thank you, everyone who wrote in today. Absolutely lovely words. Oh, really, truly beautiful words. Amazing. And thanks to both of you for being spiffing chaps. Podcast Land, be right next to each other. Rock on and ciao ciao. Bye bye. Bye bye. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao. Who back when?